0: When you pray, part one, War Room. If you haven't seen the movie, please let me give my endorsement. Uh, I've already seen it, hey, amen, I've already seen it once, my wife sent it twice, she went the second time with some women, I'm getting ready to go again. This week I'm going to go, so hey, if you want somebody to go with, call me, we'll see if our times work, but I really, this movie's passionate, it's powerful, uh, it's just, it's really filling the box offices, and God's getting the glory. When you pray. See, I'm assuming something. There's an assumption I'm making. I assume you pray. God assumes that you pray. You're saying, oh, yeah, I pray, man. When I take geometry tests and chemistry tests, oh, Jesus, show up. Or when I want to catch that girl, oh, Lord, let her see me, you know, or whatever. Or God, please get rid of my acne. Or God, please give me a job. Or God, please let that cop eat his lunch and look down when I speed by, you know. You, you know, just whatever. You know, we, we, we threw up those desperation prayers. But when you pray, when you really pray, what do you do? So this series is four weeks long, and we're going to talk about prayer pursuits. And, and, and prayer is the, the vehicle that God uses for us to be intimate with Him, to connect with Him. It's conversation with the Father and Him with us. And we're going to be talking about that in different aspects over the next four weeks. But many people pray many don't many pray many christians pray and they don't feel like they get the results that they would like to have in their life they don't know how to pray effectively and i believe that prayer sets us free as we invite god to move and intervene and come and be a part of our life and have his way do you believe that church and our prayers don't only set us free our prayers help to set others free that's why we ask for prayer requests all the time I believe the Bible says that the prayer of a righteous person, of a righteous man availeth much. And that's for every Christian, for every follower of Jesus. In 1 John 5, 14, it's a little typo there. It's supposed to be verse 14. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything, stop, according to his will. Circle that right now if you've got a Bible. If you've got it on your app, on your phone or something, highlight it. Circle this. Put lipstick on it. I don't know. According to his will, he hears us. See, a lot of times people just say prayers, and there's nothing to do with the will of God. They're so far out of the will of God. Like, nah, yeah, man, you're just wasting your time. Your prayer is just going up. I don't even think it's going up. I think it's going down. <laughs> but let's say it went up. It's just hitting the ceiling. It's just it's, it's being repelled. According to his will. Praying in order that we might know God And be confident and assured that he hears our prayers according to his will. See, these vague prayers that so many of us offer up, I don't know that they're very good. I think they're religious at best. They're ritualistic in nature. And they're not righteous and they're not matters of the right heart. And we're just throwing them up. There's this rhetoric to God. I know in the political process, when I hear a lot of rhetoric, I just want to throw up, do I have a witness? The rhetoric just doesn't cut it. I want some substance. And when we talk to the Father, is it an overflow of the heart? Is it just honest conversation with him? I've been a pastor for a lot of years, and I've trained myself and just with myself to be a prayer warrior. I've written a book on prayer. I've read hundreds and hundreds of books I'm passionate. This is one of the things that I want to die about being a prayer warrior and leader for the kingdom. And yet I've got so much to learn. And yet I, I listen to people's excuses all the time. I'm intimidated. I'm threatened. You do have an enemy. And he is out to steal, kill, and destroy. Do you know that right now the enemy wants to take me out and wants to take you out? See, when I preach these series, you won't believe the warfare, Don, I tell you, that I go through. Because I know there's a target on my back, but there's a target on your back, Christian. If you follow Jesus, do you believe the devil wants to interrupt your plan and take you out? How many believe that today? You're saying, but I'm not doing anything. Well, shame on you. You're probably not a real threat to the kingdom. But if you are, you know, we we pray this. Lord, I hope I get a job. I hope I get well. I hope, I hope, I hope. The Bible says nothing about praying in hope. It says pray in faith. Do I, do I have a witness this morning? It's like hope. I reckon. I'm guessing. I'm thinking. Oh, I'm hoping they're going to win. I don't know if God really cares about football. That's a whole other story. I don't really think the win-loss column is going to matter to the kingdom of God. And some of you are like, I'm so glad he said that, but why do you care? Well, I do care. I do enjoy it, but it ain't going to matter in eternity. Believe me. Listen to what Mark says in eleven twenty four. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. This is that great belief, Lord. I believe when I pray, my, when my prayers go up, when I pray, when you pray, I believe these prayers matter to God. I believe these prayers. Uh, like, let me show you a thing that'll help your prayer life. Get an open Bible. Get you a Bible in a translation that you understand, that you really identify with, and keep it open and read it. And when you're struggling with situations and circumstances, run to the Word and ask God to reveal, to give revelation, to give insight, to give you a scripture and begin to pray those principles. Begin to pray that scripture back to God. These prayers get heard. How many believe that? This is the perfect, flawless Word of God. And I'm saying, well, God, so I need an open Bible. I need an open Word. I need to know your promises. And we'll talk about it in a few weeks. I've got a prayer hero in my life. His name's Jim Simbla. He wrote the great book Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire that I've made reference to over the years. Don and I got to go to his church in Brooklyn Tabs several years ago. I've never been to his Tuesday night prayer meeting. One day we're going to do that. I, it's, one of my ho- it's one of my bucket lists is, is to go there. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what my bu- uh, two things on my bucket list. there are in New York. Go to U.S. Tennis Open. I love that. I just got to tell you, I, I'll get off of it. Sabrina, you choked. Okay, but I love, I love U.S. Tennis, and I want to go to Brooklyn Tab. And my wife probably wants to go to a play. But okay, so anyway, so revealed in Scripture. And I like what Symbla says. One thing that we have to check on is that when we're praying in the Spirit, when we're praying for the will of God, we need to pray, God, give us insight. Give us revelation. God, what is it that you're doing? Lord, I want to have pure conversation with you. Lord, would you answer this prayer now? I've learned this a lot of times, and I have to learn it over and over. God's time frame has nothing to do with my time frame or yours, and God answers on his perfect time. Do I have a witness? And you're like, but I want him on my time. Well, that's probably not going to happen. There's all kind of things going on in the kingdom, in the principalities, in all these places, and, and God's like, I, I like what uh, Dave Wilkerson said. The hardest part of the prayer of faith is waiting. The hardest part in intercession is waiting on God to move and for God to answer, especially if it's the way I want him to answer. It's waiting. And that's such a part. When you talk about prayer, you got to talk about do not quit, do not waver, do not give up. Continue to make your prayers in faith To God, believing that he rewards those that diligently seek after him. The Lord's Prayer is a great model for us. Over there in Luke 11. And I've done a whole series on the Lord's Prayer, so I'm not going to do that this morning. But what I would say to you is, it's a model, it's a template, it's a pattern for us. You're saying, but I pray the Lord's Prayer all the time. That's good. But that has become rote. It has become meaningless almost to you. If you're not careful I'm saying that we pray scripture and it's good to pray a prayer like that but the greatest thing is like Lord are there patterns here are there principles are there elements that you want to talk to me about I, I, maybe we'll come back to the Lord's Prayer again but I have a whole series on that your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven God we want to get our will in alignment with your will when you talk about prayer you got you got to just stop and go God I want you to do some things on my behalf. And we all have those prayers. I know we do. But, Lord, I need to get my life in alignment with your word, with your standard, with your ways, and then I've got a great chance of getting my prayer heard and my prayer honors you and it bears fruit and it gives glory to my heavenly Father. So we have to go, Lord, how do I get in alignment with you? I contemplate it. Here's the thought I'd give you. When you pray, write this down. When you pray take it seriously be serious about it see if we're not careful prayer is just kind of happenstance and we just do it because we know we're good christians and we know religious people do that in religions religions not the walk with jesus it always teaches about prayer and you pray and blah 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 but i'm saying take it serious when you do this we're in a battle we don't have the luxury of being nice little people in prayer We have to be passionate, fervent, going, holding on to the hand of God, loving the scriptures, praying, attacking. How many of you believe we're in a war this morning? The whole movie War Room was about the great war outside and inside of ourselves. Matter of fact, some people are just lukewarm in prayer. Matter of fact, I want Priscilla and Miss Claire to show us best. Let's watch a little clip from War Room. Okay. If that doesn't get your attention, I can't get it. The war room, I'll talk about that more next weekend. Let's look at the outline. Foundation of prayer. In order to receive some help for a problem that we might need. Let's get ready to fill these in. Someone is inclined to help us. That someone is the Lord. He cares about us deeply. and His ears are attentive to the cries and the prayers of the righteous. Secondly someone who has the ability to help us and that would be the lord he conquers all things he is able he is more than able and he is sufficient he's supreme and he's waiting the third someone who is wise enough to know how to help us the lord is the source of all wisdom the lord is truth the embodiment of truth is the lord jesus christ so lord i need somebody smarter than myself So I just wanted to throw this in here, and I've got so many scriptures, and we're running a little bit late today. We we did a couple things, but that's okay. I I just want you to think about what is your foundation for your prayer life. It starts with a personal relationship with Jesus, knowing Christ, trusting Christ, believing, resting in Christ, abiding in Christ. Then you're on your start to a journey with God and having prayers. He is our loving Father. He's our Father, He's our Master, He's our Lord. There's so many passages, I've listed just a lot there that I want you to just go home and try to go over this outline since I won't be able to do it complete justice. And you can begin to meditate and say, Lord, you're my Master, you're my Lord. I'm blessed to know you. Lord, you have compassion on your children. You delight to give good gifts. How much more would a father give good gifts to his children Do you believe this morning in faith that God longs to give you great and mighty things that will be for his glory and for his honor? Have you asked him? Are you trusting him? Are you believing in him for something more? Our father is so rich, the Bible says that he He paves the streets in gold. Now, we can't even keep asphalt in our streets in Montgomery. Man, as our government and taxes and things are going down, you'd be driving down the road sometime and you look on like glory. I mean, there's a crater. I remember a few, about a year ago, there's this chicken place I like, it's called Zaxby's. And I was going and I looked up and there was a crater bigger than a Corolla. It's just huge. I'm like, man, somebody needs to fix that. And, right, and you could ride through neighborhoods and there's holes in the road. Asphalt. And God says, that's chump. I got gold. I mean, I'm just saying, Lord, you're rich. The Bible says he'll meet, he'll supply all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. I've held on the Philippians four nineteen my whole life. I believe you for your word, Lord. I'm trusting you to supply the needs. He didn't say wants and he gives so many wants, but he meets our needs. We just need to praise him and bless him. The father's loving. He's kind. He's gracious. He's able. He's able. The Bible says God's able to make all grace abound more and more to us if we'll trust him and look to him. He's here's what I'd say. Our God is a God of the more. He's a more God. He gives great things. He does immeasurably more that we'll look at some next weekend, but let's keep pressing on for sake of time today. There's a book that I want you to write down that uh, I'd I remember just so many books on prayer, but I want you to remember this name. If you ever see his name, you want, it's worth reading. His name's Andrew Murray. He's an old guy. Well, he's dead, but he, he, he was an old guy. He goes, he wrote a book called With Christ in the School of Prayer. And it will help you in your journey. You know, one day they're going to say that about me. Yeah, there's this old guy, Neology. Yeah, I don't know, whatever, maybe not. Uh, here, here's what I want to say this morning. When you pray, what's the passion of your heart? What has God put in your heart? You see, a lot of times, because I've studied this and I know the structure of it, and I've taught on it, and led on it, and believed it, and practiced it, and been a practitioner, and I know all this stuff. And then sometimes I just get frustrated. I'm like, but God, I know this, and these are the keys to the kingdom, and I want to help my friends, and I want to do this, and I want them to do it like this, and I want them to do it like that. And then God's like, let me tell you something. Everybody's an individual, people have different personalities and different strengths. You just keep pointing them to me. You keep telling them about a relationship and how to have one with me. But it's going to look different. It'll, it'll come together corporately, and we find power as we don't forsake assembling. But then this personal thing like prayer, I'm always trying to say, well, this is how people need to pray. This, no, 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 no. You know what? God puts different things on your hearts. In neology, I wrote a lot about prayer and how to build prayer lists and how to be systematic in your prayer. And I've had so many people around the country said that book help me tremendously. Bless the name of Jesus. But can I tell you something greater than that? What does God put in your heart? What's the passion in your heart? You see, some of you in this room right now, you have a passion for Israel. And you pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for Israel, like nobody else. Some of you have a heart for the military, and you pray for our military forces with fervent passion. Some of you have a great passion for marriage, and you pray for marriages and for kids and for whatever, and then you get mad or we get irritated like, oh, why don't you pray about this? I'm just saying, what does God put in your heart? One of mine's marriages. Over the last eight weeks, I've been getting calls from all over the country Marriage has fallen apart of Christian brothers and sisters. Horrendous, sinful things, brokenness. My heart's heavy all the time. You know what? I pray about this. I fight. It's a fight church. Our friendship with God breeds boldness. The Bible says you are a friend of God. Some people have a problem with that. I don't. Abraham was a friend of God. I believe I'm a friend of God. And when I'm a friend with him, I go into the throne room with confidence because of the blood of Christ. And I approach the throne with boldness. How many of you approach the throne of God with boldness this morning? Some of you are like, are you kidding? Man, I'm 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 a wuss. I'm a wimp. I ain't got no confidence. It's confidence in him. It's in Jesus. It's in his blood. It's in his authority. It's in his righteousness. I declare victory in Christ, in his life. I exchange my dead life for the life of Christ. Are you doing that, church? Do you know the exchange life of Jesus? Because when you got that life, man, you've got authority to go into the throne room. You wouldn't walk to somebody today and go, you know what, I think you need to buy me lunch. They go, I think you crazy. But if they're a friend... You go, you know, I'm just kind of thinking, a little short on cash, just a little expectant. How about if you buy me lunch? Because you you approach them. I mean, you're not going to walk up to people today and say, hey, could you put a tank of gas in my car? You know, the prices are down. It's only $2 a gallon or $2. It won't cost you. I remember one day a guy showed up out here at the church. I don't know what he was thinking. First of all, he showed up, and he started telling me everything he needed. And then he asked me for $100 to fill his car up. And then I walked out, and he had a Jaguar sitting right there. I said, time out, bro. I don't have a Jaguar. I don't have a $100 gas tank. And you're not getting $100. Bye. Call it S-C-A-M. Scam. You know what I'm saying? But friendship with God. When I pray, I believe. Only believing prayer moves God. If you have bold, audacious faith this morning, your confident prayer in Him, that's what moves the heart of God. All world's religions exhort men to pray. But it's only the Bible that says when men, when women, when boys and girls pray, they pray in faith. Just get that this morning. Lord, help me to go to a new place with you. Look right here. Matthew 6, 5, 5 through 8. I love this section. Listen to it. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues or on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen, and then your Father who sees what is done in secret, then will he reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. How many of you believe that's the word of God? Here it is. Underline it in your Bible. When you pray, see, Jesus is already assuming he's the great teacher. He's going, hey, when you pray, do this. When you pray, here's the pattern. When you pray, this is the practice. This is the model. This is, uh, I don't want you just to throw out a whole bunch of familiar words and and just be repetitive and just babble, babble, babble. I want you to speak from the heart. Can I just tell you this morning, as much as I've studied on this subject of prayer, and I'm constantly studying about prayer because I want to know more, The purity of it, the simple simplicity of it is, it's a conversation with him and him with me. I've kind of got down this thing about the conversation with him. I've been doing that so long. I'm still struggling with the conversation from him to me. I I tend to want to tell him too much and not listen. I have that habit in marriage sometimes. I, I answer before the question's completed. Do I have a witness in here, man? Yeah, and if ESPN's on, I mean, I'm just an idiot. I'm just like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. Yeah, that's not very good. But I'm talking about the Father here. Am I listening to him? Lord, what do you want to say to the church? I'll tell you one thing he's calling our church to do. He's calling our church to be a prayer power machine that drives our city for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've been asking God to make us that kind of church since we started. We're not even close But I'm just wondering in this series, I'm asking in faith, could the Lord make this church a dynamo for the kingdom of God? That you and me together get passionate and fervent about the things of God. That's our our belief. That's our practice. Not these prayers of vanity and monotony and insincerity. Let's look at these things. I just want you to see. We have been invited and expected to pray. God invites you and me this morning. That's the good news of Jesus. I'm inviting you, child of God. I want you to participate. I want you to engage. I I expect you to pray. Jeremiah says, and then you will call me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me. You will find me. You will seek me with all your heart. And and I love that. He goes, but hey, I just want you to pray. I just want you to cry out to me. I, I want you to believe me. And then secondly, we have been provided reasons to pray all through Scripture. There are so many reasons we should pray. And I could list and delineate reason after reason, but just to give you a few. To bring healing to our nation. 2 Chronicles 7:14. How many of you believe that America needs healing desperately from the Lord of heaven? I know it does. America is sick. America is sinful. America, I love it. But America needs Jesus. Everybody, well, we need no I don't care what your political affiliation is. I could not give a flying rip if you want to know what I really think we need Jesus. Jesus is the answer. It's not the White House. It's not downtown Montgomery. It's the throne of God. When God invades people, he heals our nation. Listen, if my people, that's Christians, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And now my eyes will be open, my ears will be attentive to the prayers offered in this place. How many of you believe that sounds like God wants America, he wants nations to cry out to him for healing? That's what it is. So God, uh, I'm invited, I'm expected, now i got reason. Let me give you another reason. To exchange our worries for his peace, for his presence. Anybody ever called you a worry wart? Man, you worry about everything you worry 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 man you're just consumed with worry you're taking medications you're drinking you're doing drugs you're doing all this run to god trust god believe god for his word like one says lord give us this day our daily bread what's daily bread it's the necessities of life that our physical and material needs will be met as we cry out, as we believe in faith, as we trust that He will supply. We run to Him. What do you need today? Somebody's saying, I need energy. I need healing. I need forgiveness. I need finances. I need wisdom. I need guidance. I need hope. I, I don't know. You, we can list hundreds of things you need. Are you believing God? Are you crying out to Him? Those are reasons to pray. Those are just some. And I could go through reason after reason. But I would say this to you. Let's be specific when we pray. Lord, this is what I'm believing you for according to your word. And I trust you in these situations. And I need you to come through, Lord. Lord, this is what I'm praying for, reasons to pray. That the Father will be glorified in the Son living through me. May Christ be glorified in John 14, 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Lord, that's the kind of prayer we need. And another one is we need to be praying that our joy might be full. I pray that in this room there'd be people that we would get full of joy, the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Listen to what it says there in uh, John 16, 24. Until now, you're not asked for anything in my name ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete how many of you believe that god can come this morning and can infuse you with complete overflowing abounding joy in him he can you're saying but i'm depressed that's a great reason to run to jesus i'm i'm depleted that's a great reason to run jesus i'm prideful that's a great reason to run to jesus lord i need you and look at the third one we have proof that prayer works I could give you illustration after illustration according to the word of God, but there in Exodus, God heard his people. There in Samuel, God heard Hannah and gave her a son. There in 1 Kings 17, God heard the cry of Elijah. And the boy's life returned to him, that dead body, and he lived. And we could just start walking through Scripture where God answered prayers. But let's walk through our through our books, through our lives. Where's God been answering prayer? Are you believing God this morning? Do you have proof? I would say this. I want you to write this down. I I found this in a book that I just saw yesterday called Fervent from Priscilla Schreier, and I love this. Do not dismiss, downplay, or devalue prayer. Let me say it again. Don't dismiss, don't downplay, and don't devalue prayer. It has the power to change your life as you pray to a God that is all-powerful. Do you believe that this morning by faith? Lord, I believe you can do anything. I'm trusting you, Lord. And then right across the bottom, pray without ceasing. One translation says, never stop praying. Church, we're just getting started. We're in this prayer pursuit to know God, to know him more powerfully. I encourage you to, to bring friends I'm hoping and praying over the next several weeks we're going to see miracles in our midst, that God's going to give the miracle of salvation. I'm going to pray he's going to be healing some people. I'm going to pray so many things that I hear this all the time. I just got a bad report from the doctor. I just got laid off. We just got cut back. Our children are disobedient. Our children are far from God. Our children have done some dumb things. I've done some dumb things. Our bills are unpaid. Our needs are unmet. On and on and on. And people are asking And I think that we have the answer in Jesus. And we go, but we know a God that he's more than able. Can we run to him? So, Lord, as I look at this, when you pray, failure to pray is actually a sin. You're saying, but I didn't do this activity, and I didn't do that sin. That's good. But there's a sin of omission. And one is the failure to pray. And God is inviting all believers that love his son To pray and i just ask you man if you don't pray now just go five minutes a day if you pray five minutes go to 10 if you pray 15 go to 30 i don't know just amp up your prayer life just begin to have more say lord i believe you i believe you're the most important thing prayer drives your activity step up your game raise your bar you you go to the gym and you you put more weights on on the on the bar If you're doing bitch presses, I mean, you're you're like, man, you don't want to stay at the same level. You You want to raise your game. You do this, you want to raise your game. You want to pray, you got to raise your game. I'm just wondering this morning. Are there some believers today, is there a house of faith that just believes if we raise our game in faith, praying without ceasing, God just might do some greater things than we've ever seen before in Montgomery, Alabama. How many believe that today? Well, I'm inviting you, church. I'm dropping a gauntlet on you and me because I'm believing this as I'm going through this. And I love what Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our help in time of need. That we might find help in time of need. This morning, I'm just wondering, Chris, you or Michael, if y'all could come to the piano keyboard there. I love what Romans 15, 30 says, I urge you, brethren, by the Lord Jesus Christ, by the love of the Spirit, to pray, to strive, to agonize in your prayers. The Apostle Paul was inviting them to agonize, to, to pray, to stay up, to be persistent in their prayers for him, that he would carry the good news of the gospel and he wouldn't be ashamed. And I'm thinking we could pray those same kind of prayers for each other, that we pray in the Spirit, consistent with the scriptures, consistent with the character of God, saying, God, I want your mind. Unceasing, prevailing, persistent prayer is what we long for or what we need. And I'm just wondering this morning, man, what is is God saying to the church? What are you passionate about? Oh, I ask people all the time, what is your passion? And they go, my passion is blank. But I just want to ask you, Would you make Jesus your number one passion? Unapologetically, I'm inviting you to make him Lord of all, that you crown him above all things. And you say, Lord, forgive me of what I've done and where I've been, but Lord, give me an all-out, all-in passion for you and for your purposes. That's going to last forever in those great songs we sing in worship today, that's going to be our opportunity for eternity if we know him fully. So church, let's just cry it together. Let's believe him. I pray God is going to disturb you with this series. I really do. I hope he disturbs me. I hope he interrupts you. I hope some of you get so interrupted by the presence and the power of Christ over the next four weeks that God, that you can mark the day and go, our pastor was laying it out. He was shucking it down to the cobs, like the little Alabama boy said. And he just said, man, we need to be passionate believers, prayer warriors for Christ. Next weekend, I'm going to talk to you about the war room. You don't want to miss it. I hope you'll invite somebody to come with you. Because I want to do this journey together with you. That we might be pleasing in his sight. Let's pray. Lord, it is a great place to be in your house with friends. We thank you for Mexico missionaries Adam and Melissa Willow for today. Father, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit, for your presence in this place. Father, I pray that you would drive a spirit of condemnation far from any believer here today. But I pray that you would drive deep in the heart of believers conviction, consecration to Jesus commitment to the kingdom lord raise us up god raise up some teenagers today father raise up some bold audacious confident teenagers that would shake heaven by their prayers god raise up some young adults today that can never be the same raise up some middle-aged some old people today god raise up some warriors in this room mighty god I'm crying out for it, God. I have nobody else in heaven but you, oh God. For you are good and you are holy. Shake this place. Change my life. Change my friends, God. Lord, help us to be more in love with you than we are football. Help us to be more in love with you than we are the cares of this world. Help us to be lovers of Jesus. We love you, God. And I thank you for the joy of Christ. And as we walk out, I pray nobody would be lukewarm. As funny as Miss Claire was about giving that sippy, I almost said something bad, Uh, lukewarm coffee. God, don't let there be lukewarm Christians in this house. Let us be on fire. Start with me start with my friends in the name of Jesus.